The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, and the people there were observing him carefully. He told a parable to those who had been invited, noticing how they were choosing the places of honor at the table. When you are invited to someone, by someone to a wedding banquet, do not recline at table in the place of honor. A more distinguished guest than you may have been invited by him, and the host who invited both of you may approach you and say, give your place to this man, and then you would proceed with embarrassment to take the lowest place. Rather, when you are invited, go and take the lowest place, so that when the host comes to you, he may say, my friend, move up to a higher position. Then you will enjoy the esteem of your companions at the table. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he said to the host who invited him, when you hold a lunch or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your wealthy neighbors in case they may invite you back and you have repayment. Rather, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It's a bit of a spiritual conundrum today, isn't it? How is it that one can be humble as we're instructed in the gospel today? Think about it for a moment. If I make my resolve to be one of taking on that virtue of humility, once I've achieved it, then I can pat myself on the back and say, I'm humble. Or is it just like, you know, go, having this life of permanent frustration, never feeling that you're humble enough? You get the conundrum? Except what does humility mean? Let's look at the word itself. Oftentimes, we, com we somehow confuse the idea of humility as a virtue with an act of humiliation. It's almost like that being put down, somehow being subjugated. But if you look at the word humility, look at some other words that share the same root. Hummus. Hummus is that part of earth or dirt that contains the most nutrients, that allow new life to come from it. To be human is to recognize that there's something greater, something above. 
The great mystery of the incarnation, God taking on human flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. We read in the letter to the Philippians that though he was in the form of God, Jesus did not grasp equality with God, something to be grasped at, but rather humbled himself, taking on human likeness, being born in human likeness in all things but sin. So to be humble doesn't mean that it's just that we're to be downtrodden, but rather it's how we relate. It's a posture that we assume. It's how we see ourselves in light of God, our creator, but also how we present ourselves to one another. And see, that's where it can be difficult. It goes against even a lot of our cultural upbringing when you think about it, because how much are we trained or have that desire to become number one. We're told to be the best. You know, we don't want to be in second place. We don't look at the Baltimore Orioles as a great act of humility, do we? That's not something we rejoice in, although we all know it's just a rebuilding year, right? That's not humility. Humility is when we place ourselves as equal or seeing ourselves as servants one to another. You know, we look at the gospel today, and one of the key things Jesus says to the guests there, he says, when you come in, don't go right up to try to be to the most important person, because you may be pushed back down. It's almost like he can can read his audience there. This was a group of people who likened themselves as having been rather important. They were in the home of one of the leading Pharisees. So it's like, that'd be kind of like us saying, I've been invited to dinner with the Pope, but I want to get as close to him as I can. And Jesus is saying, no, you want to distance yourself. You want to liken yourself to those who are more poor, those who are more needy. You know, St. Ignatius in his spiritual exercises beckons us that if there's something in our life that we struggle with, then, you know, a sin or, you know, a virtue that we don't quite attain, then whatever it is that we're holding on to, that we're holding on to a little bit too closely, we need to really strive for the opposite. If you've ever seen something that has been bent, a stick or branch or anything like that, If you ever want it to become straightened out, you can't just put it there and say, I hope that it'll go back and be straight again. No, you basically have to overcompensate and twist it, turn it in the opposite direction. For instance, if you're you're one of those people that's prone to praise and acknowledgement of others, then perhaps one needs to overcompensate by engaging in radical acts of service without expecting any kind of recognition. If maybe you've gone down that path where money or material possessions has become something that's become so prevalent in terms of what you're going after in life, then the way of kind of emptying yourself of that is to engage in some radical acts of generosity, giving some of it away. If perhaps it's relationships that you just get addicted to, that it's like I can't get through life unless I've got someone there on my shoulder by my side. 
someone who's going to adore me and make me feel better about myself, then maybe it's time to take a little break and become comfortable with oneself and not be dependent on the accolades or the admiration of the other. You see, there's so many things in our life that can be distraction, but it really comes down to if we're looking to embrace that posture of humility, it's really to get comfortable in our own skin with our own humanity. To be fully human is to be fully humble. Because to be fully human is to know that it's not we ourselves that lift ourselves up to be exalted. It's God who lifts us up. It's God who did that already by coming down and taking on our very flesh. And in doing so, elevated humanity. It's God who calls us as sons and daughters by virtue of our baptism to lives of discipleship who raise us up. It's not we who justify ourselves. It's God who in Jesus Christ has already justified us. So you look and say, what's that look like? What's taking on that posture of seeing others as recipients of our acts of generosity, our acts of service? You know, sometimes that's hard because we can get caught into, you know, a whole cycle of entitlement. You know, that's rampant in our culture today. Because I've been in a position or I, I've been of a certain age or whatever, then I'm entitled to certain things. You know, you ever go into church, maybe it's you've been coming to this church for so many years, and you almost get a little bit unnerved when you come in and the seat that you've been occupying for the last 47 years <laughs> has some stranger in it. You know, we can look at that as being so disconcerting. It's a little thing, right? But we get so used to things that when something comes across that inconveniences us, that goes against our plans, we just get perturbed and we can really get distracted and focusing on that rather than I'd put to you today to say, someone's in your seat. Don't look at that as an unwelcome disturbance. Look at it as God's way of giving you an opportunity to welcome a new parishioner, of being able to go outside of yourself and say, you know, not, hi, you're in my seat, <laughs> but hi, you must be new here. Thinking in the back of your mind, obviously you are, because you know I always sit there, <laughs> and welcome that person and maybe accept the invitation to maybe see things from a little different perspective. And that goes into a lot of different things. The person who bumps in line, the person who may not be as in tune to our needs as we might want them to be, that can be God's little way of calling us outside of ourselves. Because left on our own, we can become a little bit narcissistic, can't we? Because the world, our own worlds revolve around ourselves so often, especially when we get comfortable. When we allow God to shake us up with those little acts of inconvenience, those little acts of discomfort, can we really see how that could be God's way of saying, I want you to grow? Be that hummus, be that human. Be that which gives, that dies to itself a little bit so that 
new life can spring forth. Our spiritual lives are all about constant growth. We can never think that we've arrived. That's why this is a spiritual conundrum. Because the truth of the matter is, dear friends, not that we give up trying because we're never going to reach perfection in this world, but for the very opposite reason. We don't give up trying because we know we're not going to reach perfection, but we are allowing God to perfect us. Maybe not in this world, but getting us ready for that moment when we are perfected in the next when we truly in this world become the best version of ourselves as we cooperate with God's grace, so that when we see him face to face, that we see that total work brought to completion. Life is a dress rehearsal. Every day is a dress rehearsal. It's our way of playing out our calling as disciples of Jesus Christ in every circumstance, in every little inconvenience, and in every moment of grace. Let us be able to praise God in everything, whether or not someone takes our seat, our parking spot, or shakes us up because something goes askew from our plans. But rather, no, that's God's way of breaking in, of helping us to grow just a little bit more. Amen.